And this is why like, it doesn't work to be like cutting or quote unquote dieting all the time. Like you end up not only physically burned out, but you end up mentally burned out too with very little to show for it oftentimes. Hey guys, and welcome back to the show. I am Megan Hardy, and I'm the founder of Fitness Uncharted, which is a women's health and fitness coaching company designed to help women lose body fat, build lean muscle, improve their metabolism, and feel empowered on their health and fitness journey. And so today, you guys, I'm going to talk about some tips on being successful in a cut and how to curb hunger pangs. Um, and I don't know if it's pangs or pains, hunger pangs or hun- P-A-N-G-S or hunger pains, P-A-I-N-S, but what it, whichever one you say, that's what we're going to talk about today. And also how to be successful in a cut or calorie deficit. And this is actually a listener live uh, question from Julie Smith. Shout out to Julie um, asking how to be successful in a cut. Um, so I'm going to start off by sharing a little story with you guys. Story time. Um, This is actually a story about myself and about one of my own um, mistakes, if you'll call it that, or pitfalls or failed failed cuts, if you will. I had a a bad cutting experience. And for anyone who is maybe not familiar with the, um, you know, uh, fitness world or vocabulary, a cut is we're not, you know, cutting vegetables or cutting ourselves or anything like that. We are, we're in a calorie deficit. We're basically in a diet dieting phase. That's really what a cut is. Um, but as far as my story in the last, uh, like six months or so, I would say like, it was probably like six or seven, eight months ago. Now, um, I was about to go on a trip and I decided to do a cut, AKA a calorie deficit for just a few weeks. I wanted to lean out before an upcoming trip that I had. And I was planning on reducing my calories by just like 300 to 500 calories per day. And so if you, um, have a, a, you know, a decent amount of weight to lose, a 500 calorie deficit a day is about 3,500 calories a week in a deficit. And that's about a pound of weight loss per week. If a lot of caveats here, if you have a healthy metabolism and you have that weight to lose. So I didn't even really want, I wasn't really focused on the scale weight by any means. You guys know how I feel about the scale, but I did have, um, I did want to lean out a little bit. And so even just by putting myself in like a 300 calorie deficit per day, would have definitely done the trick. Um, so I wanted to do about 300 to 500 calories while maintaining my normal exercise routine and making healthier food choices. So I normally try to eat close to like 80 to 90% whole foods. I really try to prioritize more of those healthy, cleaner food sources for 80 to 90% of my food each day, allowing some room for like the fun things or fun treats. Um, but in a cut, I was like, I'm going to eat, you know, 95% whole foods. So trying to be a little bit more diligent in this cut. Well, long story short, I didn't end up following any of the plan that I just mentioned. Um, I splurged on the weekends. I went to several parties, um, just my social calendar, happened to not line up very well with this cut. So I partook in, you know, some of the alcohol and desserts that were available. And I really didn't overdo it by any means. Like it wasn't excessive. I didn't have a ton of treats and a ton of desserts and a ton of alcohol, but I, you know, I ate and drank in moderation for the most part, but I wasn't being as disciplined as I needed to be to make my cut effective. And because of my choices, 
I was fortunate to just maintain my weight and body composition during those couple of weeks or handful of weeks. I'll say probably like about five weeks that I had before this trip. I was fortunate to just maintain my weight based off of uh, my lifestyle and nutrition and food choices. And what happened after like three weeks of attempting to cut with many indulgences in there was like, I I didn't make any forward progress, like my progress pictures and my weight stayed the same. Um, but I was also what happened during that timeframe, I became mentally drained from feeling like I was trying to cut or what, you know, what we would call quote unquote diet. And so the moral of the story here is, you know, if you're going to do a cut, then really commit and do the cut be extra diligent for a few weeks. And then when the cut is over, you can have more flexibility with your food and beverage choices. But if you're going to do a cut, do a cut. And this is why like, it doesn't work to be like cutting or quote unquote dieting all the time. Like you end up not only physically burned out, but you end up mentally burned out too, with very little to show for it. Oftentimes I was just having this conversation with a client the other day that she's just was, she's not hitting her goals, but she's mentally drained and burned out from feeling, thinking about dieting, but not actually committing and following through on the things that she knows. And I know we both know that she needs to do, but she's mentally, mentally feeling like she's dieting and don't do that to yourselves. You guys, that's what I did to myself in this story. Like I was mentally drained from like feeling like I had these cut or dieting goals that I wasn't hitting. And then, then that's when the guilt comes in and everything else. So if you're going to do a cut, commit to the cut and, you know, instead what we need to be focusing on most of the time is we really should be focusing on building muscle and building a healthy metabolism. 90% of the time, that's what we need to be aiming for is building more muscle and to improve our metabolism and our metabolic rate. That's going to help our fat loss efforts. So focus on that 90% of the time. And then the dieting or cutting part, that should be like 10% of the time. Like if, if you need or want to cut, like with that being said, it's like, if you have, you know, if you have a lot of weight to lose, you're like, okay, how am I going to only be cutting for 10% of the time? Well, you can go back and forth in these phases. You can come back up to maintenance and building muscle and go back into a cut. That's what we do with a lot of our clients who have more weight to lose or haven't quite reached their aesthetic goal is instead of just holding them into a, in a cut until they reach that goal, they're going to hit a plateau if we just hold them there forever. And they're also going to mentally and physically burn out. So instead you have to phase your protocol in and out. You can't just be in a cut all the time. You're going to get physically and mentally burned out. So with that being said, let's discuss a few tips to ensure that your next cut is a success. So this one is for you, Julie. So um, first tip is to minimize eating out or meals that are not prepared by you to one time per week maximum. For me on a normal week, I try to minimize this to like two to three times per week max is how much I'm eating out. That's my own personal goal. And that's for me to maintain. But if I'm in a cut, I'm going to try to limit meals out to anywhere from zero to one time per week maximum. And the reason for this, you guys, is even if you are picking the healthiest thing on the menu, it probably has more added oils or butters or things like that in there that you may not even realize. So you might plug it into my fitness pal or whatever you track your food with. And you're like, Oh, I'm within my calories and my macros, 
But first of all, the chefs are not in the back measuring things out. (laughs) That's for sure. And secondly, there's again, probably more things added in there than you probably would have added at home if you made a similar meal from home. So, you know, do your best choice when you do have to eat out or going to eat out. But if you're in a cut and you're really trying to be diligent, I would limit this to zero to one time per week, maximum make uh, nearly all of your, your meals from home so that you can control what exactly is put into the food. Tip number two is to minimize alcohol to one to two drinks per week or avoid altogether. If you can, this is not a must, but it will help your fat loss efforts tremendously. I will say my clients who, um, and I don't even tell them to do this. You guys, like I, I always, this is where it's very collaborative. I'm like, Hey, if you want to drink once or twice a week, socially, you know, even in a cut, like that is your call. But I have a lot now nowadays who are, um, they're choosing. They're like, Hey, by the way, I'm like, I decided to like not drink the last three or four weeks or whatever. And like, I feel great. Like, that's amazing. Like, I love that for you. Um, you know, so it's not a must, but it will be a game changer in your fat loss efforts. And it will make your cut more effective, even just from a scale standpoint and a water weight standpoint, uh, what alcohol does, it's very inflammatory. Our body sees it as a toxin. And oftentimes we tend to hold on to some more water weight for several days after the fact. Hey guys, I hope you are getting so much value out of the show. If you are loving it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get notified when future episodes are released. And if you would take the next 30 seconds to leave a review, that would mean the world to me. And you can literally do it right now while you're listening to the show. Okay, now let's get back to it. Also, we won't get into the nitty gritty we've done in an episode about alcohol already, but even just how your body prioritizes, um, you know, getting rid of the alcohol versus uh, prioritizing digesting your food. There's a lot of things that go into it, but if you can minimize the alcohol intake, it's going to help your fat loss efforts. So my suggestion is to, to minimize it to one to two drinks per week or avoid it altogether. If at all possible, again, you guys, if you're not cutting for a long time, this is where I think a lot of people, a lot of a lot of us out here are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have to not drink for like six months. And I'm like, you shouldn't be cutting for six months. Like you shouldn't be in a cut or calorie deficit for six months at a time for most people. Um, So it's like, look at it as more of a shorter term, finite thing, unless if you find you might cut out alcohol and drinking and find that you love it. Um, So there's that too, but that'd be my suggestion for you. Also tip number three is to minimize ultra processed foods. ultra processed foods, sugar, refined, uh, flours. So think like, uh, a lot of your baked goods, your sugary cereals, et cetera. Like this is where I would probably not be having a ton of, you know, the muffins and the bagels and things like that. Like I would really try to minimize those products. Um, and even just like packaged foods, like try to stick to the outside of the grocery store, like the outside parameter where you're getting mostly like your lean cuts of meat, your dairy products, your eggs, your seafood, um, your veggies, like all of that stuff is on that outside perimeter. The more that you can stay away from those inside aisles, the better. That's where most of that ultra processed food lies. So try to minimize ultra processed foods. Um, also what can be really helpful in a cut is to brush your teeth. Yes. Brush your teeth. Um, seriously, if you are having trouble with sticking to your calorie deficit or like feeling munchy, that is a huge problem for me. Um, like I, I hate being in a cut. I hate calorie deficits. I love food. I do not want to 
take away even two or 300 calories because like, I don't like it. And I'm also a munchy, a munchy gal. So, um, what can really help is go brush your teeth. Like no one wants to have to brush their teeth their teeth twice. So like my munchy times usually come in the evenings. And if I know I'm trying to stop myself from being munchy in the evening, I will go make sure I brush my teeth and then come back out to watch, you know, whatever show on Netflix we're watching at the time. So brush your teeth, like remove yourself from certain situations if needed. Um, like when you find yourself munchy, also, if you can go for a walk or just get yourself out of the house, that is super helpful. Um, a lot of times when I get munchy, it's often not oftentimes on the days where I actually have very little activity. I find myself even munchier. And that's when I find myself raiding the kitchen randomly. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't take my 15 minute afternoon walk. Let me go do that because that's why I'm even munchier right now. And so the activity can actually help the munchiness plus removing yourself from the tempting situation or brushing your teeth, go brush your teeth. Um, another tip is to prioritize sleep. So this one is huge because like your internal processes in your body and your hormones, they're largely impacted by the quantity and the quality of your sleep. So if you are trying to cut and you are not getting enough sleep, you are shooting yourself in the foot sister, a hundred percent. Like this is where a lot of times clients, when they start with us, they'll be like, uh, you know, already kind of struggling with time management. And that's something we help them with. Um, but then they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do the workouts. Like I, you know, I got like five hours of sleep, but that's like, I'll, I'll get up and, um, you know, at, at this time and I'll just get four hours so I can get my workout in. And I'm like, no, 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 honey, let's not do that. <laughs> like, let's find some other time in the day. Let's readjust things, or let's even cut the workout all together for now so that you can get, so we can work on getting not only five hours of sleep, but bumping that up to six hours and ideally aim to get seven to nine hours of sleep if possible. I know nine hours probably sounds like completely crazy and foreign to some people, but if we can get you at least seven hours of sleep, that is one of the best things that you could do for your body and for your fat loss efforts. So do not sacrifice sleep, please. If you take anything away from this episode, you have to get enough sleep and you, or you're not going to have the body composition you want. And, or if you do get the body composition you want without enough sleep, you're probably jacking up your hormones and you probably don't feel very good. So let's just say that. So prioritize sleep. That is huge. Prioritize protein. Um, you guys, you knew I was going to say this one, uh, if you listen to any other episode, but this is always important, but especially when you are eating in a calorie deficit, because protein is what will help you feel satiated. And also it's going to preserve lean muscle tissue. And we want to be losing body fat, not muscle mass, right? If you listen to the last episode, um, with Melissa Ambrose, when we were talking about the DEXA body scans, where you were actually, um, they can do scans to show your lean mass versus your fat mass and versus your bone mass or bone tissue. And you know, what they find for a lot of people doing certain diets is they're not losing the right kind of weight. They're losing lean muscle tissue and that slows your metabolism down. And that also is not going to get you that toned look that you want. So we, while we're losing weight or losing body fat, we want to maintain that lean muscle mass and protein is going to be your best friend. The other thing too, the beautiful thing about protein is that you will actually burn more calories by eating more protein. There's the, the, it's called the thermic effect of food or feeding. And that's where simply by consuming more protein, it's takes, uh, it requires more calories from your body 
or your body burns more calories when consuming it. Um, sorry, that was really hard for me to say, or really hard for me to get out, but <laughs> your body burns more calories when you're consuming protein simply to digest it. So consume more protein, you guys, like if you're trying to be in a cut by consuming more protein versus a fat or a carb, your body will burn more just to digest that protein, which is pretty cool too. So that's another tip for you guys. Um, last but not least is to strength train. So prioritizing strength training is also always important, but it is really crucial during a calorie deficit to help your body preserve muscle. Again, we are wanting to lose the right kind of weight. And instead of your body breaking down muscle tissue, which muscle tissue is very calorically expensive for your body to maintain because muscle burns more calories. So that's where if you're in a calorie deficit and you're not stimulating that muscle growth or muscle maintenance by eating enough protein and strength training, then your body is going to go, well, dang, this muscle is really calorically expensive. It, it burns a lot of calories just by keeping it on Megan's frame. So let's go ahead and, and break this muscle tissue down for energy and get rid of it because it's really expensive to keep it around. So you don't want that to happen. So strength training will stimulate the muscle and it'll signal your body that it still needs the muscle tissue. Cause if you're losing weight because you're losing muscle, then your metabolism will actually become slower as a result. So let's try to avoid that. Right. So, and if you listen to the last episode again, um, with Melissa Ambrose, we talked about this as well. Some lean muscle mass loss is going to happen when you're cutting typically. Um, but we can minimize that. That's the goal is if we're trying to lose body fat or lose weight, let's try to minimize the lean muscle mass loss as much as possible. And what will help with that is protein and strength training. We've got a signal to the muscle. Hey, we still need you. Don't go anywhere. And if you're just doing cardio or you're not working at all, you're just doing extreme calorie deficit to lose your weight or body fat, you are going to lose way more muscle mass than you probably wanted or probably intended to. So those are some tips on making your next cut effective. I hope that's helpful. Let's also move into tips to curb hunger pangs. So again, hunger pains, hunger pangs. Um, I say hunger pain, P-A-I-N, um, but um, our requester for this episode says pangs, P-A-N-G-S. So, you know, uh, whatever floats your boat, but let's talk about some tips because I know it can be hard when you're in a cut, um, those hunger pains that come up and you're like, oh my gosh, I was already have like dealing with munchiness. Now my, my tummy is kind of growly. Like I kind of want to some food. Um, it can be hard. And I, completely understand because again, I am not a fan of cutting. Um, I'm not a fan of a calorie deficit. And as soon as I feel those hunger pains, I'm like time to eat. Where's the food got to go. Like, so I, I get it. And um, so a couple of things that can help curb that one is protein, protein, protein. You already know it. We won't stay here long, but protein is satiating. This is something that for some of my clients who need a reverse diet or who, um, we're trying to actually intentionally increase calories, 
were also trying to up their protein and they're like, holy guacamole, Megan, I can't eat all this food because this protein, I'm so full. They're like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, Hey girl, you're going to love this protein when we go into a calorie deficit and you don't feel very hungry if hungry at all, because you're eating so much protein and you feel amazing. So eat more protein when you're in a cut or calorie deficit, it will help keep you satiated. Um, also, um, look at the type of protein you're having. So I would try to uh, minimize like the protein bars and shakes, whole food sources of protein are going to keep you feeling even more satiated. Um, especially like watch out for the protein bars. A lot of them can be, um, have a lot of extra stuff added in there that you may not necessarily want. Um, and also because of the way the food is, you know, somewhat processed, it's going to be more, um, uh, desirable. I'm trying to think what the right word is. Um, I'm blanking right now, but basically like you're, you're not going to feel satiated when you have it versus if you were to eat just like a plain chicken breast, right? Like good luck, go, go try eating three chicken breasts back to back. Like you will probably end up gagging. You'll feel so full and like, like trying to eat that much chicken breast versus I could, I could probably down four or five protein bars pretty easily. I would feel my stomach would probably be jacked up afterwards, but like, as far as feeling super full and satiated, not going to do the same as having that whole food source of protein. So do look at the, um, at the protein source as well. Next tip would be fiber. So this is huge, especially when you're in a calorie deficit and you're dealing with less calories, you have to be more intentional about the types of carbohydrates that you're eating. So this is where those complex carbs are going to be your best friends. If you're using a lot of your carbs for, you know, the fun foods, you're not going to leave enough room for those complex carbs, like your fruits and veggies and, you know, your whole grains and things like that. Um, but particularly I would try to really just get your fruits and veggies up during the cut. So those are going to naturally get, get you some of those higher fiber carb options, and that's going to help you feel more satiated. Another tip is, um, to eat high volume foods. So that think things like broccoli and cauliflower and things like that, because like good luck overeating. Again, this goes back to like good luck overeating on broccoli and cauliflower. Like you're going, oh my gosh, I can't eat anymore. Like have as much as you want. (laughs) And you're probably, you know, still only going to have like 20 calories worth of broccoli. Right. So it's like very low calorie, but high volume. So one, it can fill up your stomach, like literally the space in your stomach, which can help you feel more full as well. I have to say, I personally am a volume eater. Like I'm, I feel like I'm very aware of how, like how full my stomach feels or not. So when my stomach doesn't feel literal, the literal space doesn't feel very full. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still so hungry. So you can eat those high volume foods because like broccoli and cauliflower, those, those veggies, um, but the great thing is that they're low calorie. So they're not going to eat up all your calories. A cut is not the time that you want to be pounding the, um, the dense foods like your oils and your nut butters and things like that. And those come in really handy for my reverse dieters who are actually struggling to eat enough calories. I'm like, Hey, let's add in some more oils and some nut butters and things like that. Because, you know, one tablespoon of nut butter, we know is like, Oh my gosh, there goes 150 calories. Right. So those things are really helpful when you're intentionally trying to eat more calories. But if you're trying to stay in a cut, trying to reduce calories, get rid of some of those very calorie dense foods 
like the butters and oils, um, and then eat more high volume foods. Some of those lower calorie, high volume options. Um, and another tip is to get enough sleep. So we already touched on sleep, but this is huge for hunger pain too. Hunger hormones are largely impacted by sleep or the lack thereof. So if you do not get enough sleep, you are going to feel hungrier the next day. It is so important to get enough sleep. So I'm not going to drive that one home any further, but you have to get enough sleep and it will also help with your hunger pains. Um, also let's stay hydrated you guys, um, throughout the day. So I'm not a big fan of like, you know, drinking three glasses of water before a meal because it doesn't help with the absorption of your food from the meal, but do make sure that you're drinking enough water throughout the day. Um, thirst can really sometimes be confused for hunger. And that's very, very likely, especially if you're not drinking enough water. And especially if you're someone who's working out or very active and you're not drinking enough to compensate for the, um, for the activity. The other thing to make sure of here too, is that you can overhydrate as well. So do watch out for that. I usually recommend drinking half your body weight in water plus 15 ounces, uh, in, in ounces of water. So half your body weight in ounces plus 15 ounces on top of that, plus more if you are working out or sweating. Um, and then if you are going above that, because you're doing a lot of activity and you're drinking extra water, just make sure you get the electrolytes in that you need as well, because there is such a thing as being overly hydrated if you're not replenishing those minerals. Um, so do make sure you're getting those electrolytes replenished too. Um, and then last but not least you guys is to expect some hunger pangs. Your body is used to getting more food, right? At this point, if you're trying to go into a cut or calorie deficit, because your metabolism is in a healthy place and you're ready for a cut, you're probably going to have some hunger pains. Your hunger hormones are literally programmed to go off at certain times of the day and your body recognizes that you're not giving it as much food as normal. So like for me, I usually eat a meal right around. So I'll eat, uh, let's see, like around 9 a.m. for breakfast ish. And then I'll usually eat like around one for like my first lunch snack type meal. And I like every day, I, I, I literally don't even have to look at the clock. I can tell them like, I know it's somewhere between 1230 and one o'clock because my, my tummy is starting to growl. And I'm like, I literally know exactly what time of day it is because my stomach, my hunger cues are going off. It's like, Hey, Megan, we usually eat right around now. So where's the food go to the kitchen. It's literally cueing me to go get food. Cause it knows I eat at that time. So knowing that like your body is going to be in an adjustment period. So some hunger hunger pains are normal. And if you can expect that, it's like, okay, and kind of it's even the mental discipline of kind of working through that some, um, and you know, so if that happens, you know, try one of the tips that I just mentioned above, like try some of those tips to help curb the hunger pains. But if it is excruciating hunger pain or like keeping you up at night, like you literally can't get a quality night of sleep, which you guys know by this point, how important that is like, try adding a 150 to 200 calorie snack, you know, closer to bedtime. If you are struggling with sleep or finding yourself just ravenously hungry at night or something like that, try adding in like 150 to 200 calorie high protein, ideally like a high protein and complex carb type of snack or option. 
And, and that, that should help, that should help curb that pain to where, you know, again, you might not be like, oh yeah, I'm so full now, but you're not ravenously hungry. And if you find on a day-to-day basis in your cut that you are just ravenous, then you might be in too severe of a calorie deficit based on your output. So, you know, we always calculate based off of maintenance calories, like, okay, let's try to pull you down into, let's say a three to 500 calorie deficit but maybe you're burning more than you or I realize and you're actually creating way more of a calorie deficit because of that calorie burn. Well, your output is much larger. So maybe that's why you're that hungry too. So like we kind of have to gauge those things and you really shouldn't be like, eat your hand off ravenous <laughs> during a cut. Um, that's not going to be probably very healthy or sustainable for you. So you might need to increase your calories by a hundred or 200 calories a day. If you're, if you find yourself um, in that place of being that, that hungry. So that I will say is not most people. There's mostly a, a learning curve or kind of that phase of adjusting just to your calorie deficit. But if you do find yourself there, then also recognize that you are allowed to have, you know, eat, an extra hundred calories to curb that pain as well. So, but do remember you guys, you need to have an exit strategy for each cut. So this is one thing that is so important and so crucial that a lot of people don't pay attention to. They're like, I'm just going to do a diet and I'm just going to lose the weight. Well, guess what happens? Most people gain the weight back because they don't have any exit strategy. So when you're done with your cut and calorie deficit, you need to come back to your maintenance calories strategically to make sure that you can maintain your new weight loss or fat loss. And oftentimes your maintenance calories are going to change and often even decrease because now in theory, you're a smaller person. So you probably are burning less calories. Um, so you might need to re reconfigure your maintenance calories, figure out what those are now. And you also need a strategy to work yourself back to your maintenance so that you don't regain that weight after the cut. That is so important and something that a lot of people overlook when they do a cut. Um, and the other thing too, to make sure of you guys is we should be living at maintenance, your maintenance calories, the amount of food that you need to maintain your weight. We should be there most of the time with the occasional cut or calorie deficit thrown in there. If you're someone who, you know, diets more than you eat at maintenance, that's a problem. And um, that's also probably why you're not seeing the changes and able to maintain the body composition that you want. Uh, we really need to focus the, the majority of our time on building muscle, improving our metabolism, being at maintenance with those strategic cuts thrown in there. So I hope that's helpful. If you're interested in one-on-one fitness and nutrition coaching so that you can take all the guesswork out of it and you can just be told what to do and, and implement the plan um, and also learn what you need to do on your own after our time together as well. That's one thing I'm uh, very big on is educating my clients, not just being like, here you go, here's what you should do. Um, but it is nice when you can take the guesswork out of it and just, just focus on implementing, um, during this phase. So if that's something you're interested in, you can apply for one-on-one coaching using the link in the show notes. And as always, you guys, I hope this helped and I'll catch you on the next episode. 
Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the muscle makeover. I hope you're getting so much value out of it. If you enjoyed the show, please rate review and share this podcast so we can reach more people and impact more lives. Also take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to your stories and tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have a question or comment about the show, feel free to message me. My social media handles are in the show notes. Make it an amazing day, you guys. And remember, you are loved and you are worthy just as you are.